This is Rick Wright, Vice President of Marketing Business Development for Children's Hope Chest. And today I was blessed to interview Simon Okello. Simon is in from Uganda and he's our Sponsorship and Communications Manager. He's a coach, he's a mentor, and he's an encourager to so many children. And with this, Simon. Hello, this is Simon. I am so glad and blessed to be in Colorado Springs and uh, so excited that I am here. It has been a long-awaited dream, but at God's own time, I am here. The Bible says there's time for everything. I think the time to be here is today and tonight. And this morning, I am blessed to, to be here. Welcome to Build Relationships, Break Poverty a podcast that challenges the Western perception of international poverty by elevating the voices of local leaders and processing how we can help to alleviate poverty without harming those living in vulnerable communities. We are Children's Hope Chest, and we believe that building two-way relationships will break the cycle of poverty. You know, Simon, it's been such a blessing to have you here in the States. You know, I saw you about three years ago in Uganda, and I was blessed to spend time with you, and you have such a passion for those kids. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about, you know, how, where did that passion come from? And when, when did you feel that fire inside of you? What I can say is that uh, it is just by the grace of God. That passion specifically comes from basing on the experience, how I grew up and uh, where I come from is uh, basically where that passion comes from. I grew up, grown up from uh, a broken family. My parents separated before I was even five. I think I was around three years. So I learned living a very difficult life uh, in the community on my own. And I saw what life life means for the child in the rural area. And I purposed in my heart as I was growing that no child should go through what I've gone through. So what it means to sacrifice for the sake of this child, I'll do that. And that's where my passion for the children comes from. I love the children because I know what it means in Africa. Children always are not given a priority in life. Parents, because of hard life, parents are on different parts of the life because trying to make ends meet. Me as growing up in a life where my parents separated, before I started school, and uh, that kind of life gave me a different perspective of life and gave me a passion to love children. And that's what makes a big difference in my life. So when I see a child, I feel I have a responsibility to make a child smile. Oh, that's great. So I want to back up a little bit. So you've been with Children's Help Chest now nine years, going on ten. Mm-hmm. And tell us a little bit about it. You're in charge of the sponsorship as well as communications in the Uganda at the Care Points. Mm-hmm. So expand on that. Tell us a little bit about your, your job. My job is a very interesting job and at the same time so challenging. What has kept me moving is just that uh, I have known what the Lord has called me to do in children's objects. So my job basically is to look into the systems to make sure that children get the right help. And at the same time, there is value for money from the sponsors. That's basically in summary of my job. I make sure that this, the relationship, the communication between the sponsor and the child is kept moving and smoothly. And also make sure that 
everything that the sponsor needs to know from the child's side is passed to the sponsor. And everything that takes place in the life of a child and their family is given back to, information is given back to the sponsors. Because we have sponsors who do not have opportunity to fly all the way to Africa. So my responsibility is to make sure that they realize value for their money by making sure that they get quality and timely information from the field. So that's what really occupies me every day. Besides the other responsibilities of child protection, making sure that the ch this child, that the sponsor is spending money, is saving money to send to this child is safe. We're living in the world where a child is not safe even in their own home. So I have a responsibility to make sure that the child is safe beyond even the care point, up to the home. That way, what I do is to build the capacity of the sponsorship staff to be able to reach to the community, to build the capacity of the parents to know what it means to have attitude of positive parenting. And that is one of my key responsibilities, say so that we don't only take a responsibility of uh, providing and protecting a child only at the care point. My responsibility is to ensure that the child is safe even outside the care point. So when we talk about transformation, you're blessed. You see transformation on both sides. Yes. You see these kids that go through this because of the encouragement, mm -hmm. the support of a sponsor, but you also see the transformation on the sponsorship side because you see a lot of the sponsors, as you say, they come into country. Mm -hmm. They get to spend time with the, the kids, exactly. the family, mm -hmm. and the entire community. So mm -hmm. can you expand on that a little bit as, you, you know, as we define transformation? Mm -hmm. Transformation on the side of the child because transformation has to do with the mind according to the way I look at it the way the child looks at his him or herself the way the community looks at themselves the way the, the sponsors look at themselves so I can tell you that I am really blessed to see this transition and see this transformation taking place I know it is not complete it is a journey it is a process as a transformation and I've been blessed to profile these children when they are at the point of hopelessness, where they don't have hope, until a point now where the children can confess their future is bright. That's enough to tell you that their thinking is positive about the future. Before sponsorship, they looked at themselves like they are failures. Nobody loves them. They don't have any future. But with the sponsorship program, it has helped them to redefine their destiny. And I see a generation of hope. The way they think, the way they confess, the way they speak, the way they act, the way they pray, explains everything that transformation has taken place in the lives of these children. Because when you go to the family of a child, um, the one you consider to still be having various needs and a child is still confessing, I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a nurse. Even seeing something from nothing means that the mind has changed from a failure to a, a victor. So that alone has really given me hope to really see that these children have changed because 
their prayer, they can now pray, they can lead prayers, they can be able to guide their parents, they can be able to do things that you could not imagine. Counseling, they are being the peer influence. At the care point, they have taken leadership roles. They are in charge of their, their peers. They are guiding other children. The older ones are taking responsibility of the young ones. And that really, that's, that is not what used to take place. Before the sponsorship program, everyone for himself, God for us all. Meaning that everybody was struggling individually. But now we're beginning to see children beginning to be concerned of one another. That alone explains that, me. That never happened before. That's, that's a change, isn't it? Yeah. That's, Over time. That blesses me. And I, I keep on encouraging the sponsors that your effort, your contribution is not in vain. Lives are changing. Destinies are being defined. And generations are being created in another direction. That's fantastic. When we talk about child sponsorship and the children themselves, how do you determine a child into the program? Is there an evaluation program? And then the harder question is when do you know it's time for a child is on his own and he's been transformed and he or she is, there's a self-sustainable aspect of it. For us, as a, for me and in my responsibility and in my roles as a sponsorship and communications manager, as I oversee the recruitment, the profiling of children, we have a criteria that we have in place. Who qualifies to be in the program? The first criteria we look at is children who have lost both parents. And we also look at these children who have lost one parent. But we also have a category of children who have both parents, but the parents are in a state of vulnerability. What, I, what do I mean here? The parents are alive, but they might be with a terminal illness. They might be bedridden with HIV. Some of them are mentally ill. Some of them are disabled to the point that they cannot provide for their families. So these are the categories of children that we determine who joins the program. But of course, as uh, my role as team in Uganda, we also have to look, go beyond. We do what we call background check. We don't just say that this, is, this, par this child has lost parents, is vulnerable. We also go beyond because it's just like poverty. Poverty is relative. And even the issue of vulnerability is relative. What, I, what do I mean here? Every orphan does not experience the same impact of uh, vulnerability basing or depending on the resources that they have. One, one child could have lost parents when he has enough resources. He could have been working in maybe in government. He could be working in a, some enterprise and he has enough support system. And another child has only one parent who has not invested in anything and doesn't have any property and doesn't have any support system around them. So the vulnerability differs. This child who has people around them and uh, has resources and uh, has all people that they, they, are, they are going to school is different from this orphan who has lost both parents and they have no property and uh, there's nobody around them. So those, those are the kind of people we look at. We go beyond uh, just looking at the child at the first value. We go and visit the family and look at the, the assets the family has, 
the support system and there are people who are caring for this child are there resources to help this child move on after the death of the parents what are the things that make this child vulnerable where is this child living we have children in Uganda who are living in in camps internally displaced setups their life is totally different from the children who are living in a a formally functioning homes so we look at all those aspects and see how to take up what kind of often do we give a priority that is basically that's the kind of criteria we use in Uganda well and like i say on the other end in a child has come through the program when do you know it's time or this person is on their own as we move on with this child after registering child we we have the milestone we keep on de- to help us determine whether this child is ready for exit this child is ready f- to be able to live alone we monitor that progress as i said transformation is a process for us to know that this child is able now to live on his own or her own we look at the capacity of the child to be able to begin their own enterprise a child to begin knowing how to make ends meet a child begins to be creative to think how to put food on the table when a child begins to to talk where he wants to go and how he wants to go and he has a capacity to do that so for us to make sure that all this process takes place we monitor the the interests and uh, aspirations direction the child wants to go the children who want to be mechanics we look at that differently but those ones who want to be teachers so when we we do our best to build the capacity of these children in form of helping them go to the vocational institutes after being trained and they have got the skill to live on their own we say what is the missing part it might be the resources funds to give this child a startup tool because it's another thing to have a skill is another thing to have resources to take off when we see that the child has a skill to begin to be able to live on his or her own our responsibility now is to talk to the sponsors to make sure that they can be able to give this child startup tools for this child to begin life alone but you will be surprised to realize that There are children who have not even waited for us to provide them for startup tools. They have started their lives on. They're ready to go. They're ready to go. They're ready to go. And they're already going. Thanks to the encouragement and the hope and prayer. Yeah. Of the of the sponsor and of course yeah. you. Because you're living survive thrive succeed. Yes. You see it. Yes. Sir. The kids come in or you see the kids and mm-hmm. you're evaluating the kids. They're literally at survival phase, aren't they? Sure. and then they go through the and thrive and you're educating them and training them mm-hmm. and then to your point these kids are they're ready to go mm-hmm. and that's a blessing yeah. and without someone coming alongside them to give the encouragement support mm-hmm. these kids they're very vulnerable as an understatement right yes, sir. i mean they're you know death or whatever it may be mm-hmm. and so that's such a blessing you know you probably have a hundred stories you've seen miracles you talk about <laughs> miracles this morning you were you, you were an inspiration for us at our staff meetings to talk about the power of prayer Tell us a story of a child that you saw. I mean, a true miracle where God's hand, you know, my mom used to call those God winks just came in and just you saw it firsthand. As you just say, we have a million stories and what God is doing down in the field. There are a lot of stories and a lot of changes. And when we talk about prayer, 
as I said earlier on, as a ministry as Hope Chase, uh, that is our core. Because without God, where would we be? Down in the field where we see life every day, in the lives of these children. We have these children, if I can be specific, we have this care point where their children who developed a disease that is called epilepsy. Epilepsy, epilepsy yep. I know uh, epilepsy is uh, that gets a child spontaneously. And we had these children, over 15 children. It was something that nobody could understand what's taking place. All the children in one place, over 15, close to 20 children, having the same kind of sickness for a long time. Parents had given up. And such a disease, people always look at such children like already no future for them. They write them off. Nobody values them. They look at them as second citizens. They look at them as inferior. And that's a stigma. And these children begin looking at themselves as failures. Poor self-esteem comes in. And most of them begin developing suicidal tenders. Personally, I lost a cousin who had epilepsy at 16 years, and children were laughing at him. Girls were laughing at him, and started seeing himself as a failure, and being a teenager, reaching a level of crisis, and beginning to find identity, he was finding difficult. He saw that nobody loves him. The next morning, we found him hanging on the tree. He committed suicide. So for the case of our children, when this particular care point, we're beginning to look at the student beginning to have poor self-esteem. After putting money from the care point, resources we put, there was no change. Then we said, okay, when we fail everywhere, we have where to turn to. We resorted to prayer. As I speak today, it is history in that care point. And most of these children have finished their studies. Some of them are already married. Some of them are already working. And the community cannot understand that. But we tell them, God has done it for us. The power of prayer. Power Holy of prayer. Spirit. That's... And that is what has made a big difference in that community to know that there's power in prayer. Thank you for listening to this episode of Build Relationships, Break Poverty. Did you know that we have an online store? You can help us spread the word about our organization by using one of our Hope Chest mugs or shirts. When you purchase an item from our online store, you support Hope Chest's work of empowering thousands of vulnerable children, their families, and their communities. Visit store.hopechest.org to shop today. When we talk about the care points, we but we also talk about the community. And you're involved in a lot of community programs, community leadership programs. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about some of those, because as we talk about the care point, the community at some point embraces the care point, mm-hmm. takes the care point on, but you're also supporting the community itself. We have a number of community programs that we, uh, that we are running and that we are implementing as community engagement and all that we do, it is not us who are doing it. We are trying to do all this through the community members themselves. We have what we call um, community management or care point management committees that we have in place 
that help us run through this because what we are looking at is the sustainability of these programs. We know that hope just today here, tomorrow we're not going to be there. There's time for everything, as I said earlier on. There's time to come, there's time to go. We are beginning to look at the end from the beginning to see that how will this community be without us. So we, all the trainings that we are running through are all capacity building related and preparing this community for the sustainability. And what we are seeing happening is that we are beginning to see different communities beginning different projects and they are running it on their own. We have a, a care point that has started poultry program on their own and they are have harvesting eggs, they are having chicken, they are beginning to sell. And this, com this project was started by not from any money from the partner, but the community decided every parent brings one chicken, one chicken, one chicken. And that's their own initiative. And they collect money on their own for treatment. They collect the money on to pay the person who works on that. That alone inspires us to begin seeing the direction of sustainability beginning to take shape. And we're blessed to see that most of the community members, most of the community and the parents are beginning to embrace this as their own project, as their own they don't see us as the outsiders coming in. We've come along, support them, mm -hmm. encourage mm -hmm. them, and it's not a money handout. Mm -hmm. It's truly a, a business plan development mm -hmm. aspect yeah. of it. And then there's a level of accountability at the mm -hmm. community level. Exactly. Because they can, you know, they're encouraging each other, but they're also holding each other to a higher level exactly. and a higher standard. Mm -hmm. That's great. You know, we, a lot of people always ask me about Uganda. Mm -hmm. You know, the stories of pictures, videos don't do it justice yes. in so many ways. Yes. You see God's hand in it. Mm. So if you were to talk to a traveler, what would you tell them about Uganda and what you'd want them to see, so to speak? Yeah, sometimes seeing uh, pictures, reading news on BBC and seeing from Discovery Channel. Yeah, it's true. It depends which channel you're watching. If you're looking at Discovery Channel that talks about wildlife, you might think Africa is only about yes, about the giraffes, about the lions, people are in the wilderness. If you're looking at BBC, sometimes the news is all about trouble. About here, riots here, striking here, fighting here. So it depends which channel you're watching. But briefly about Uganda. Uganda is a, a very friendly country. Very, very, very friendly. Has friendly people. And um. It would be good if somebody is traveling to Uganda. It's not that even Uganda, uh, I think uh, over 50% is a Christian, uh, Christians. It's a Christian country. One thing that Ugandans value a lot when you come to Uganda, they like greeting. They like greeting everywhere. Mm -hmm. And greeting is a kind of respect. Greeting is a kind of you recognize somebody. Greeting is a kind of you want friendship with somebody. That's one of the things that uh, if anybody is traveling to Uganda, greeting is, uh, is very, very important to every kind of person that you see. But also Uganda is very rich with the natural resources when you travel left and right. You, and uh, of course, being a third world country, of course, those uh, inadequacies are there. there is, this one's lacking. The roads are not all that excellent like... Uh, uh, once uh, here in the U.S., they are not all that so excellent. The foods are good and fresh. We we don't experience these extreme weathers, so we, we don't have to 
Thanks so much. Sometimes when we say it is winter in Uganda, it is summer here. So you don't have to struggle about that. So basically about Uganda, we are friendly people. They are, they are always there for, for visitors. They love visitors. But uh, one thing maybe what I would love to take, most of the people who have been traveling to Uganda and traveling to Africa, that things keep on changing. But if you travel today, you one should not assume that that is how life is every time. And I will keep on talking to our sponsors, our partners, that they should be ready always. That's why you see that when the teams come to the country, it will be good for them to accept the guidance of the, uh, the country staff because things keep on changing every day. I, you know, we have had teams that would think that if I've been there more than three, four times, don't worry about me. I can move on my own and all this. And uh, of course, we have had teams, somebody has decided to just walk away from the country staff and he has gone for home visitation in the jungle. And you don't know when he's coming back, when. And uh, so one thing is very important when you come to Uganda, accept to be guided, accept people to lead you to places that they want you to know. Because when you, when you think, the, when you decide to do things on your own, yeah, it is an adventure, but you can miss out something and you might do some things that are not acceptable in the country. And you know, bearing that Uganda is a multi, or what do I say, is a, is a multi-cultural country. We have over 53 dialects in the country. So if you, when you cross one region, you are talking a different language. And there's a different culture, different beliefs. When you do something in another way, you are meaning something else. So when you cross another district or another region, that's a different. I'm from Uganda, but I, when I move away from my region, just maybe like a, a hundred kilometers, I need an interpreter to help me communicate. So that's one of the things, maybe the uniqueness of Uganda. We don't have a a language that unifies us all. Though we, English is common everywhere, but it is not yet declared as a national language. We have different languages. All these 53 dialects have different languages, different cultures, different beliefs. That is the beauty we have in Uganda. And uh, if somebody is coming to Uganda, would really love to take you to a place where you can be able to see a variety of all this. And when you accept to be guided, you are coming back when you'll never regret. You'll need to be in Uganda every time. Well, I've been blessed because you were a tour guide for me, and it's exactly what you said. Mm. You know, the unified language, mm. the greeting, mm -hmm. the love, ah, the yes. encouragement, mm -hmm. and the other aspect of it, and of course we're going to share some videos of you, is the dance. <laughs> the kids love to dance. You love to dance. But it's a unified message somewhat to the kids when you embrace that. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that aspect of it. I mean, when you, I watch you, you are so good a communicator with the children, but you, you're at their level. You understand them. You've been through it. So expand on that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, maybe before I come to that, just be, uh, the other thing I wanted to reinforce about Uganda is that Ugandans are happy people. They love partying. They love dancing. They love celebrations. You are going to hear a lot of, even if, you, when you put music in the community where people are poor, music is a unifying factor. 
somebody will forget about poverty, everything, and so. So dancing, singing, socializing, partying, that is Ugandan. So if they come here, if they like when you put music here, you know who I am now. Mm. Yes. yes, you know what it means. Yes. Uh, not just that, uh, but it is part of us. That is our part of us. So me with the children and what is, um, as I said earlier on, one day one child asked me, why do you love children? I teach Sunday school and one child came to me that Uncle Simon, why do you love children? I told them that's what the Bible said. Because if I don't love you, if I stumble you, God is not even interested in my dead body. He said that they put, put a stone around my neck and throw me down. And my body should not even come up. So I love you because that's the way God loves you. So my passion with the children is, I think it is just a calling in, my, in me. Because sometimes I just find myself, I am there. Just like what Rachel today. Today she found me up in a home with the children and I didn't know how I even reached there. So the passion with the children and I, I have learned. On top of that, I have got also gone through a training dealing with the children. That's what has helped me. I've gone through a number of trainings. That There's a training that is very key as far as dealing with the children. It's called Celebrating Children. It is one of the things I am putting together with a, my colleague, a program manager back at home called Sandra. We are trying to put a program together to take the staff through because it is some wise men say that many people have a heart for the children, but they don't have an art on how to deal with the children. So that has helped me that I have I've been blessed to have both. I have the heart for the children and I have learned the art on how to deal with the children. So if I go where any part of the world, as long as they are children, I am at peace. You are at peace. I at watch peace. you around those children. Thank you. You know, one of the things we talk a little bit about is, from a sponsorship communication standpoint, is the simple thing of letter writing. Yes. Tell us a little bit about that, because you work both sides. You make sure that the kids respond in a timely fashion, but they also speak from their heart a little bit. And it's also on the sponsor side. And you want to make sure we're getting the letters and we're seeing the letters and they're supporting each other. So tell us a little bit about that. Let us play a very pivotal role in the lives of the children because number of sponsors, as I said earlier on, do not have opportunity because of the cost implication to come and meet the children. But this let us facilitate a process of a relationship building. And uh, in many cases and many instances, we have seen these letters acting as a healing upon the lives of, because we are dealing with the hurting children. We are dealing with the wounded children, children who have been abused. Children who have lost parents, they have lost hope. And when a child gets a letter from the sponsor, the sponsor is narrating how he or she loves the child. And this child, in the culture that we have in Africa, rarely are children told that you are beautiful, you are handsome, I love you, I am praying for you, I think about you. Those are words that go beyond just hearing, but they go into the heart of a child. Mm -hmm. And they have played part of the transformation process in the way children behave, the way children act, and the way children really reason and interact with the, their peers. 
So a lot of times the children have been able to receive letters from the sponsors and they mean a lot. And I really want to encourage sponsors that their writing to these children is life-changing. It, it definitely is. You know, we could go on all day, that's for sure. You are such an, an amazing encourager to me, even, you know, personally. You know, I was blessed to see you um, firsthand in front of the kids mm-hmm. as a mentor, mm-hmm. as a coach, as an encourager. Mm-hmm. So in closing, what's the message you have for the Uganda kids and children? The Ugandan children, the message I have for them is for them to know that they are a gift from God and they are fearfully and wonderfully made. And God has a destiny for each one of them. They should really know that God is counting on them. There's a deposit in them. Regardless of their culture, regardless of their background, God has a destiny for each one of them. Delayo is not denial. When they, when they pray for something and does not happen now, they should know that God's timing is the best and God has a good future for them. As just says in Jeremiah 29.11, God has a good future for each one of us, a future to prosper us, not to destroy us. And whenever they go through hard moments in life, there's always a God to listen to them. When they go through hard moments, it looks like nobody's listening to them. One man of God said, if there is a man to pray, there's a God to answer. Every time you go through any hard moments, know that God is listening and is watching and is with you. And all in all, children should be able to know that at their position of life, however young they are, they could be alone. You might be alone in the family. You have been born alone. You don't have anybody to give your shoulder to cry. You are facing battles in life. Just know that you with God, you are a majority. Our God has fought all the battles and he has won them all. And he will never spare you. Even without your permission, God is going to bless you. Thank you. Simon, we want to thank you for your time. An inspiration for us all. We will continue to pray for you. And I'll encourage you. Because I know you know Satan can attack you in some ways too. But uh, be blessed. Thank you. And know that we're coming out to see you soon. Thank you. Blessings. Blessing, thank you so much. And um, I want to still thank the Colorado team, all the departments. You have done something amazing to make sure that things are moving on. And I want to say thank you so much for your support, for the field team. As a family, we are going to work together in our Father's vineyard. Thank you for listening to this episode of Children's Hope Chests, Build Relationships, Break Poverty. You can follow Hope Chest on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. 